Welcome to the Wookiee Gunners Rebels Chat with your host, Jonah Marie, and the echo to my fives, my mom, Maria. Rebels Chat is a family-friendly podcast where my daughter and I share impressions, reactions, and our favorite moments of the latest Star Wars Rebels episode. Since our favorite show is on break, we'll be looking at other parts of the Star Wars universe. In episode 77, we will be talking about the first two episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars Season 3, Clone Cadets and Arc Troopers. In Clone Cadets, five headstrong clones struggle to complete their training on Kamino. But as Shaq Tai... T. Here, here, here we go. Here we go. But as Shaq T and drill instructors Brick and L. Les debate the cadets' fate, the clones learn to work together and accept their destiny as soldiers. And in Arc Troopers, the Republic learns of an impending separatist attack on Camino. Rex, Cody, Fives, and Echo lead the clones in a desperate defense of their home planet. So how was it jumping back into Clone Wars, Mommy? Good, good. I, I, I like the first time we did it. So, so it, it was good to go back and continue the, the whole... I, I've been itching to continue, continue but I didn't want to like do it and then have to repeat it all over again, you know? Yeah, 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 makes sense. So I'm glad. I wanted my, my, my emotions to be fresh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's always best. And, and so the first episode is Clone Cadets, and the fortune cookie for that episode was Brothers in Arms are Brothers for Life. And I miss the fortune cookies. Yeah, the fortune cookies <laughs> yeah. are, are always a nice touch yeah. to to the series, yeah. and I I wish the rebels had them. Yeah, it's it's a cool little thing, you know, to drop in there. And yeah, yeah, because in rebels you kind of learn lessons in those episodes as well. All the characters learn lessons, so it, it it's always nice to have it written out. Uh, yeah. from the start. So this is a clone centered episode, and the clone centered episodes are some of my favorite. So what did you think of them focusing on the clones this time around? I, I, I said it's about time. Because <laughs> these are the people that fight the war. They're the ones there. They're the ones that in the end get used to destroy the, the Jedi. So it's good to have episodes where, where you get to know them. They, they're not just clones. They're, they're also individuals. Mm-hmm, Each mm-hmm. of them, as much as they are supposed to be a copy of the original, they have their distinct personalities. Yeah, so. yeah, their individuality. And it's interesting that it's that same individuality that causes Palpatine later on to decommission them. Yeah. Because he thought they were too individual. It's a threat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to control. And and so we have Shakti being a major character in this episode. And I don't think we've seen Shakti. I'm, I'm trying to remember no, season one and two. I, I don't remember I don't that think, big thing, no. Yeah, I don't, that big thing being yeah. her head. <laughs> <laughs> he had a big head. It's her manchals and her leku. She's like Ahsoka. She's Ahsoka. She's a Togruta, like Ahsoka. But she it, it makes it look like a bubble head. I don't know. I don't know for what reason, but it doesn't. Ahsoka doesn't look like a bubble head. But but this woman did. So you know. <laughs> she's a fuller adult so her leku and her mantras are are bigger than than Ahsoka's. <laughs> okay, cuz and Ahsoka even Ahsoka in Rebels 
her manchals and her leku didn't reach full bloom or potential, I guess. No, because she never she looked was, like she it. was still young. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shakti must be much, much older than she lets on. <laughs> well, that's what happens. Your nose and your ears grow as they keep on growing, <laughs> and by the time you're old, that's why they're the biggest features in your face. In your face, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the hips too. Yeah, yeah you, you grow wider on the sides. <laughs> But that that one is not because it, it keeps growing. That no, one is because you. you eat too much. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and then you have the the clones being subjected to intense physical and mental training. And it's rough. And yeah. and if you don't make the cut, you know, they never really answered that. They, they imply that you go into... Into subservient, more, more lower subservient type of jobs. But what kind of life is that? You yeah. bring someone to life, you, you artificially make them, they don't live up to your standards, and then you make them work. Well, that's what a lot of parents do out there <laughs> when their children don't live to their standards they basically abandon them mm. to their own devices that's why there's so many adults with little behavior and, and 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 social shortcomings because they never developed the way they should have because they were basically dropped mm. to the side because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they were not what their parents were expecting and it's, it's a shame because that's not that's not right. That's mm. not what you're supposed to do. No. But then these people who created the clones, they don't see themselves as parents. They they see them as property. Yes. They, they, and they, they're the they, masters. They're the masters, the creators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Domino Squad is the one that we're focusing on in this episode. The squad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're a bit rough around the edges. They are very headstrong, like you had mentioned before. So we have Echo, who is trying to make things work as best as he can, but he doesn't really adapt to the situation. And yeah. and you have Heavy, who follows his own path yep. completely, forgets about everyone else. It's all about him and, and what he can achieve. And then there's Fives and Cut Up, who actually end up arguing with each other on the battlefield. Uh-huh. And... Droid Bait, who is unfortunately named Droid Bait, <laughs> ends up surrendering during the training yeah. session. Uh, they, they don't have cohesion. No. They're so individual. They, they, they have such an individual mentality that they, they don't know how to cooperate with each other. You know what I find interesting is that all these clones, they're growing up in the same environment. They're growing up with the same exposure to knowledge and learning but they're still somehow developing their own characteristics DNA DNA and it's fascinating even though clones are supposed to be 100% exact there's always slight variations variations, and those variations is what makes who you are Mm. and I heard something interesting I forget the name of the the think it's a microbiome, no, a, a geneticist or something like that. He's apparently very famous. I, I forget his name. Uh, I heard him on, on Comedy Central. The Daily know, Show? The, the Daily Show. Mm-hmm. And he had this uh, theory that when whenever, you know how we, we like to talk about nurture versus nature? Mm-hmm. There's no such thing. Uh, your DNA is your DNA. Y- you are who you are. You do learn and mm-hmm. apply, but y- your DNA dictates who you are. Mm. A- and we see it in these clones. 
you know, the, the variations in their DNA is what makes them who they are. So even though they're exposed to the same experiences, they have different ways of thinking yeah. and seeing things and yeah. responding. For the most part, they all have a very high value to brotherhood. Mm -hmm. They do have that. But there's every now and then, like in this squad, there's members who the first choice is not brotherhood, it's themselves. Mm -hmm. And and that's something you, you, you have to learn and they learn it. Yeah, they do the hard way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and one of the things speaking of we we have Shakti who says unity wins war. Yeah. That is the way that you would go about winning by working together. And then we're introduced to 99. Ah, uh, 99. Yes, 99. Uh. And he's a rejected clone who works in maintenance. And Patty asked, what was the first impression of 99 from when he was first introduced? And this was aimed towards you. What was your first impression of him? Uh, I was surprised because you will think that a species like um, what, what, the, what, the Kaminoans, who have such high uh, level of technology and whatnot, that this will be something that is non-existent. Mm. You know, he is basically defective in all ways because he doesn't even have the appearance. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So... I, I was shocked. I, I was surprised. Yeah, it's not something that comes no, across. It, it, it shouldn't be. But it if may, you think yeah. of the level of technology, technology it yeah. shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. But we experienced it in our production. I, I actually opened up a box of pens earlier at work, and they all couldn't, they all didn't write. They, but so but, th but that's the thing. That's different. That's manufacturing. That's man exactly. But these clones are being manufactured. They're clone. The clone technology, and, and this is why it, so, it surprised me mm -hmm. because we're supposed to be in, in a time in, in a galaxy far, far away <laughs> where the level of technology and knowledge is so high that cloning an individual is that perfect, and to have clones coming up defective like that in that level of technology is like, you know, it surprised me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm very scared of what humans are capable of doing. Oh. The ethics behind having a clone army here. Oh, my God. All you need to do is look at our history. Mm. If we are able to enslave and treat human beings as basically animals because they're different from what we think is the norm. What do you think is going to happen to those individuals that we create ourselves? That we can essentially brand. brand. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it will be horrible. Yeah. It actually reminds me of the movie The Island. I don't know if I've, I've mentioned this on the show before. I probably have. But the movie The Island with Ewan McGregor... Oh yes, um, where where they create uh, um, clones, clones to, to harvest pe people. Yeah, pe people pay to have their clones basically bred so that they can harvest their, their organs, organs yeah. later on. How messed up is, is that? that? Exactly. <laughs> that it's is like, so wrong. Can Can you imagine bringing a you like, another you yeah. into this world just so that you can kill it and use their organs when one of yours becomes defective? Mm -hmm. My God, the idea, the, the, the idea alone, not just the action, the idea alone is mind-boggling. Yeah. And to be honest, humanity is capable of it. It's capable all of we it, need yeah. to All we need to look is at the, our history, yeah. what we've done in the past. Yeah. 
And so once they're back in in their barracks, we have Heavy who says that he would rather learn from a Jedi than from a bounty hunter because this is the thing. They don't have the Jedi training the clones. They have Mm -hmm. bounty hunters who are training these clones. And I found it very odd that the Jedi would support this, that they would hire bounty hunters to train what is essentially their fighting force. And, and this is why the Jedi get, get eliminated in the end, because they lose their path. The Jedi lost their path. The Jedi lost their way amongst everything that, that was happening with Palpatine and the, the 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 Republic, and they lose their way. Yeah, is there no uh, like karate instructor or anything mm. <laughs> out in the galaxy far, far away? I mean, obviously not karate, but some form of fighting yeah. where you know they could recruit people like that. But they Ellis was actually a very cool bounty hunter because he had principles to stand by. Brick, he he was all concerned about the money. Yeah. When you hire those kind of sketchy people, you're going to start wondering, are they passing this on to their their, their training? Yeah, exactly. Uh, And then you have Brick, who tells them that they're all a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Part of a team's success is having a leader. Yes. Capable of leading them. It's a person capable of galvanizing the group as a whole. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the end, you don't have to be the one saying this is what we're doing. As long as you're the one who are basically putting them together and making them think for the greater good mm-hmm. and, and act for that greater good. Right. And Brick isn't fitting that yeah, role. Well, exactly. Yeah. So he's telling them they're a waste of time. And then we have Shakti, who's talking to Lama Su, who's one of the Kaminoans. And according to him, Jango Fett's DNA has been stretched in order to produce more clones. So he recommends that they find a suitable donor for future clones. It made me wonder, had... This whole scheme, had it extended maybe a year or two more, would the Jedi have actually found some donor to create a whole new clone army? Mm, and actually, likely. I think in the Republic Commando series, I, the book series, I forget. It's been a while since I last read them. But there were other cloning companies. It wasn't just the Kaminoans. And they had also created a clone that would grow within a few weeks rather than the amount of time that it took to grow these clones. But they were, of course, not that great in terms of physicality and whatnot. That's why they, the stormtroopers were such crappy <laughs> uh, shooters. Um, that was the explanation, I believe, from that book. Obviously, now we know that they're actually volunteers. They're actually people who volunteer for the, for the war. But yeah, it's interesting to think about. Would they have gone as far as recruiting someone new because Django Fett's DNA has, is no longer viable for producing more clones? We will never know. We will never know. This is true. It's like a Tootsie Roll. (laughs) No, no. Is it it a Tootsie Roll pop? Yeah. Okay, okay. How many leaks does it get to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) The world we never Never know. know. And then you have Shakti, who emphasizes that they're living beings and not objects. That's very weird. Because, yes, you're saying they're human beings, but you're treating them like property and disposing of them in the in the middle of a war without consideration. You without know, like giving the them fact a choice. A choice, exactly. Yeah. And Lama Su goes on to say, you Jedi show too much compassion. 
<laughs> which I found hilarious because yeah. I feel like the Jedi don't, don't show. show any compassion. Oh, <laughs> well, most of them, not not all of them. Like you said, the Jedi really lost their way, and they, yeah. they, they 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 think that they were doing one good thing, but they actually weren't. Like with everything that is absolute, they came to a point where where things could not go better, but only worse. That's the problem with absolutes, that at some point it's going to break down. Because you're dealing with beings of different ways of thinking. And you cannot deal in absolutes in that way. Not when you're trying to bring them all together and, and make a, a better galaxy, a better universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you have the ARC troopers, the ones who have graduated and have a bunch of experience come in to the picture and they're present for the final round of tests. And Bravo Squad, the squad that's performing very well, is the first one to take the test and they're successful, of course. And as Domino Squad comes in to to take their test, one of the troopers from Bravo Squad says, it's time to watch the dominoes fall. (laughs) That's actually, it's sad to think about because when we go back to the episode where they're on the Rishi Moon outpost, they start to fall one by one. Droid Bay, I think, was the first one to die. Cut Up is the next one to die. And then Heavy. And, And the only two that are left are Echo and Fives, as we see in the next episode. So... Do you think the rest of the dominoes will fall, mommy? <laughs> it's what they are determined to do. Yeah, yeah, they're determined to fight for the Republic. Mm-hmm. So you have the dominoes doing their tests, and of course they're being who they are yeah. on the battlefield, and unfortunately they broke the rules, they broke formation, and they left the man mm-hmm. behind. And unfortunately, that qualified them for an automatic Automatic failure. And you have Ellis, who's actually been very supportive of the clones so far. He says, their failure is our failure. But Brick emphasizes that he cares more about getting paid. (laughs) And and I feel like a lot of teachers today, in today's day and age. Yep. Not all of them, obviously. Not not all of them, but too many that... It misrepresents the whole. Yeah. I sit back and I think on all, on all the teachers that I had through the years of schooling, my years of schooling, and I can honestly say that out of the, and I'm talking from kindergarten to 12 years, that's 13 years of education. If I count the good teachers with the fingers in one hand, I will still have fingers left because I don't think that none of the others qualified to be in the front of that classroom. Why they were there, how come they were there, is a mystery to me, and it still remains a mystery because they should not have been there. Mm. It takes a special kind of person to be a teacher. It takes a special kind of willingness to be there in front of those students and be a teacher. And most that are in that classroom, they don't have it. They are the ones who are supposed to encourage students to enjoy learning and to be intellectually curious and what you end up getting are students who attend the college where I work at who don't care about learning at all. Our education system has several problems. Problem number one is home, the parents. And we have the problem that we get caught in vicious circles Mm. 
where the parent is not educated, then the child is not educated, then the next one is not educated, and so on and so on. We we get stuck in a circle. So the first issue is home. The second issue is the people we have in those classrooms. Not all of them are ready, prepared, or able to do that job. But we still have them in there. And three, I will have to say that that is society as a whole. Mm. We are not responding and we are not doing what we need to do. We we have so many different ways of thinking that we could solve the problem that nothing is being done. done. Yeah. I would rather a paycheck for a football player go to actually fun schools. <laughs> we put more priority in our but sports. Don't, don't, and don't tell that. Don't tell that to a, a sports person. Don't oh, no. tell that to a person who lost. But yes, we have a situation where education <laughs> is, and this is. I thought it was a good example because you have someone yep. who just wants, wants to be paid. To pay. There are some people out there who just want the salary, who just want the paycheck, and they don't care if the student learns. They'll pass that student if they have to, even if the student doesn't learn in the end. And Ellis, being the saint that he is, requested that the Domino Squad retake the test, but Brick actually requested that they be moved to maintenance. So he doesn't even bother giving them a second chance. Echo and Fives, in the meantime, they go to... Shakti and they request to be transferred out. They don't want to. They don't want to be in their own squad anymore. And Shakti tells them that they need to solve their problems as a whole and not as an individual. And that sort of goes back to your point of society. Yep. You know, we're we're all thinking individually, but we're not thinking as a whole. a whole. And this part of the episode, it kind of threw me off because. And not kind of it. It threw me off because you have Brick, who was a complete jerk of a of a trainer. He requested the presence of Cut Up, who had the very Scottish accent. And I'm like, how did he get that accent? That's so weird. <laughs> um, but I really love that he has it. And he starts poking him and jabbing him and saying that he's the source of their problems. And at this point, actually, Cut Up doesn't have a name. And 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 Brick says, you're a real Cut Up, aren't you? And that's how he ends up taking that name for himself. And you're thinking, oh, man, this is really building him up to be something. This is This is leading to something somewhere. And then you go back to Rookies and you find out that he's the guy that got eaten by the eel. And you're like... Well, what happened? <laughs> well, if you think about it, that's a metaphor for life. Because how many young lives out there have not been cut by accidents or by disease? That's true. You could take it both ways. You could take it as a, as a sad point, but you could also take it as a, as a point for growth. It's like a kid who has cancer. And the, the strength, the buildup of character that these kids endure in such a short uh, amount of time. And in the end, they die. Mm. That right there is a metaphor for life. You, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how your life is going to end. So you always strive to be the best. The best. Regardless, because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You have to try to be the best, to do the best that you can. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And you have 99 who finds Heavy trying to leave in the middle of the night. Heavy believes that they're failures, that they're not going to go anywhere. And 99 says, how could I be a failure when I never even got my chance? It's a chance you're throwing away. So he tells Heavy essentially that he needs to embrace the fact that he's part of a team because he, 99, he never had that. Yeah. I'm not going to start crying right now. <laughs> I, it made me cry. Yeah. The guy made me cry. Like, it's like... <laughs> oh, man, 99. Jeez. And, and then you have the team. The next day, they're refreshed. They're starting off new, and they go retake their test, and they're actually working together. They're actually paying attention to one another, listening to their strengths, moving forward. And but they got sabotaged. They did get sabotaged by Brick, the jerk. Yeah. <laughs> and he ended up having taken their ascension cables away. So they're stuck. They don't know what to do next. But they're clever. They come up with... outside the box. This is... I love... I love thinking outside the the box. box. I love it. It's so much fun when you think... think outside the box. There is an argument for breaking out of the mold and doing something different. And, you know, it's rewarding in the end. And they're all awarded for their outstanding accomplishment and they're giving their medals... Heavy ends up telling 99, you know, 99 congratulates him and says, you're lucky that you're, you've come so far and that you're going ahead. And Heavy says, not as lucky as I am to have a brother like you. And I know this is the part that Back you first because he gave him his medal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, he never got to see Heavy again because in Rookies, he ended up sacrificing himself. Mm-hmm. to save the the others and and he still had the medal in, in the next episode <sighs> so sad <laughs> and in arc troopers the fortune cookie is fighting a war tests a soldier's skills defending his home tests a soldier's heart yes And we find that a message has been intercepted, and the message was between Asajj Ventress and General Grievous, and apparently they're planning to attack Kamino to stop the production of the clones. You know, what better way to stop your enemy than to get them at the source? Mm Mm-hmm. And it is a personal mission for the clones, for Rex and Cody specifically, to go back home and protect it. And I found it weird that they actually think of Camino as home. Really? That's where they grew up. I know that's where they grew up, but home is where the heart is. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, but it's just so so odd for them to think of home as a place where not only were you trained physically hours on end and put to the test all the time. Like, that's not home. <laughs> that is home. And even e- even in the worst of times, you know where home is. I it's, guess. It's, um, mm. it's a mental thing that, that we have that where we create attachment. Attachment, yeah. So this is their, their place. Mm-hmm. It was the only thing they have, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good or bad. Yeah. And so Asajj is actually already in Camino when that message was sent and she's in the ocean and I forgot to look up the the model number or what they're even called but they're inside of a ship 
that looks like a giant squid. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever <laughs> because it has tentacles that are actually moving like the actual creature. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's so that's such a cool concept. <laughs> and and then you have Fives and Echo who who come back home. They're walking through the halls as if it was just yesterday that they were training, and they they bump into Ninety Nine, and they're surprised that Ninety Nine actually remembers who they are. Echo and Fives. And he says, I remember all of my brothers. <laughs> oh my God. 99, you, you beautiful soul. <laughs> and he asks about Heavy. You know, how's Heavy? Where's Heavy? And unfortunately, they tell him what happened on the Rishi moon. And he understands that, you know, that is ultimately their duty. Mm. And Grievous, unfortunately, arrives and starts attacking the Republic blockade that's there to stop this from happening. And Obi-Wan suspects that there's something amiss, there's something wrong. Yeah, it, uh, the, the, the way that, that Grievous is going at the, the planet makes no sense. Yeah, the strategy uh, yeah. is in Grievous. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and so there's actual debris at the same time falling from Grievous's ship into the water below. And and Obi-Wan's like, mm, I have to investigate. Yeah. <laughs> Curiosity always gets him. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, we find out that those are actually reinforcements being sent down below. And so uh, the Separatist forces, unfortunately, start invading the actual facility. One of the things that I pointed out that yeah. you didn't know, what the, there were these incubators and yeah. that they had clones in them. And you're like... Really? What? Because they all start coming Come crashing, crashing down. down. So that's a lot of babies dying. Yeah. And I was just, I, I remember the first time it clicked for me. I was like, oh my God. Because those are helpless babies. Mm -hmm. And so Anakin and Obi-Wan are on the scene and they're trying to stop the droids that are invading and attacking. And Obi-Wan is giving Anakin orders. And one of the first things I noticed in rewatching this episode was Anakin is actually obeying Obi-Wan. <laughs> He's actually following orders <laughs> because Obi-Wan tells him to go protect the DNA chamber. And, and he doesn't he doesn't argue in return. <laughs> he goes and does it. <laughs> and and then Fives and Echo, they're they find a group of cadets who are on their own. And 99 enthusiastically, he says uh, he, that he knows how to get them to the barracks. So he feels that he's contributing Dreaming. yeah, in a way that he couldn't before. And Asajj, sexy Asajj, I love that shot of her walking into the DNA chamber and you see her smooth back and her hips are just like swaying. Side by side. <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, she's so and, awesome. And, 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 and. And she's so 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 sexual all the time. Like he kill, she kills this the trooper. trooper. Oh my god, so evil! And and, and, and just kisses, kisses him. him. Yeah, like my god, woman, do, do you have any heart? Evil seductress. Yeah. Oh man, the way she did that, just trying and choking him. Yeah. And then bringing him to her lightsaber. That was brutal. And and then just kisses him. Yeah. Like. It's his reward for dying. But yeah, Patty had asked that question of what we thought about this particular scene. That was scene, brutal. And it was just evil of her. Yeah. It's interesting how your mind, or at least my mind, 
loves a character and then knows when that character has done terrible. overbound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I, I love Asajj and I especially love her in Dark Disciple. But sometimes during during these scenes, I'm like, oh my God, I hate you so much. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it, 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 she, she crosses a line Mine. that is there that even an evil person shouldn't cross. <laughs> right. And I think the important thing is that I, I that I recognize that those are wrong things. Yeah. I, I don't excuse her for it or no. anything. And so Asajj is meant to recover the DNA. I found this interesting because she's not there to destroy the DNA. She's there to recover it. And General Grievous says, the DNA could unlock new possibilities for us. What possibilities are you even thinking about? Because are, are they trying to make their own clone army? Yeah, most likely. Or or even trying to create a bioweapon. My friend had mentioned maybe they tried to make a bioweapon. And it's true because in Star Wars Republic Commando series, they actually created, they, they were trying to create a weapon that would kill off the clone army, a bioweapon. And so, yeah, I wonder whether what that... What better way to start with the DNA of the clones? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I was wondering what... what what sort of possibilities he was insinuating. And and Patty asked, what did you think of the relationship between Ventress and Grievous? What relationship? Well, they, was, they don't like each other. They don't like each other. <laughs> no. You know, because they, they work with each other because they have no choice. But the way, you mentioned it before, she's very, the way she said, um, the way she touched his chin and said, there's nothing uh, you have that I could want or something yeah. like that. And yeah, it's, like, like any any woman who thinks she's better than the the man that is courting her, like <laughs> you know, you don't do it for me, man. Keep on walking. Yeah, pretty much. It was. I think this was their first time meeting, actually, and uh, it was interesting to see them interact and how Grievous had to remind her of her her duties and, and she does her and own. She thing. does her own thing, really. Yeah. <laughs> And so Echo and Fives and 99 had gotten the cadets safely to the barracks. And that's where we find Rex and Cody. And I love that in this moment when they're trying to figure out what to do, it's Fives and Echo who are leading the the speech, you know, mm-hmm. leading the morale or boosting the morale. And, and it's not really Rex and Cody. And 99 is the one to su- suggest that he can help by retrieving firepower and I love that he said it so, again, he's so enthusiastic. Like, yes, I'm doing something. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm just, not just cleaning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and Asajj, on her end, she manages to take the DNA, but Anakin ends up finding her. And, and at the same time, you have Kenobi and Grievous fighting it off together. Mm-hmm. And it always reminds me, it always takes me back to the fact that at this point, Anakin hasn't met Grievous so he he was he has no choice but to actually fight off with Ventress. Yeah, I, I, I missed the Ventress, the Ventress and, and, and Kenobi interaction. <laughs> like, damn, I, I would have much prefer. Yeah, yeah, I would. That would have been an awesome <laughs> fight, man. I know because they they not it's, it's not because just, Kenobi does the same thing to her. Yeah, it's not just physical. It's not just a fight. They actually talk and communicate with each yeah, other. Yeah, and, 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 and like he gives it to her the same way. So so it's not like it's her doing the talking. He talks back. Like, <laughs> Kenobi, you <I> bad boy. 
<laughs> I know. I love that they they have the same uh, sarcastic Sick remarks, remarks and, uh-huh. and whatnot. And they just back and forth one another. Yeah, yeah it's it's always hilarious to see yeah. them. But we'll definitely see them interact again. So soon. <laughs> yes, I hope so. <laughs> and you have 99 and the others luring the remaining forces of Grievous into the barracks. And that's where the cadets actually were hiding in the tubes where the, they sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And they were hiding in there and they're shooting from above. I love that they contributed as well. Yeah. Because most of the time for kids, you actually want them to be safe, a set aside somewhere hiding. But, but these, these, not these are regular, not your regular, regular kids. kids. These are your future soldiers. Yes. This is their first exposure to war. And I, I really like that they also contributed as well. Um, and then... 99 sees that they're they're running low on ammunition on firepower and so he ends up going to go get more and in the process he says this is what i was bred for but he ends up getting shot in the back and he ends up falling like the true soldier that he He is is. He, he died the death of a soldier as sad as it is to see him die that is the way you wanted him to go yeah and that's the way he wanted yeah, because yeah, like he said before, he never got the chance. I like that. I think it was Rex that said he really was one of us. Yeah. Yeah. And Grievous and Kenobi are still fighting it off outside. And I love that Grievous escapes yet again. Yeah. Well, with all those little legs crawling like a, a spider. A spider. And, and so uh, Anakin and Ventress also take the fight outside and she ends up losing the canister okay. and she's calling and she's force pulling it to her when it's caught by, by one of the, one of the tro- clone troopers. troopers. I love that scene because it's them actually taking back, back. what's theirs. And and she's outnumbered, outgunned, but she also escapes. Yeah, but I I like the scene where where they show them in in, in the ship. She's basically pouting. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, dang. Yeah, she's she's pouting. She's like. Mm. <laughs> and after everything's all said and done, Rex and Cody come up to Echo and Fives, and they get what they've been wanting to get ever since. They started training as little kids, which was being ARC Troopers. And they become ARC Trooper 5s and ARC Trooper Echo. And and that's the end of the episode. And that's not the last we see of them. So there will be more Echo and 5s in the future, Mommy. <laughs> and, and on to listener thoughts and questions. Patty asks, what did Ma think of these two episodes, especially when it goes back in time to the same team in Rookies? If I hadn't had you guiding me, I would have been like, what? (laughs) You know, it would not have made sense to me until probably half the way the episode Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for it to click. But you have mentioned to me that they're not really in order. Mm -hmm. So I kept in my head, this is one, the next is two. And then the two is actually three. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) something like that, yeah. But I liked it. I liked it because it gives you an insight into the troopers themselves. It gives you an insight into their minds and who they are and and that they're not just a tool. They're living beings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Patty asked, what did she think of those that were training the clones? Well, afar from Brick, I like the other one. Ellis. Ellis. He was a teacher. Yeah. You know, yeah, he had that. He was invested in yeah. their, their 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 success. Journey. Yeah, 
brick he why he was there i have no idea <laughs> i know you think they'd screen these people before yeah. <laughs> he probably he's probably one but of those then people. i i think like it's sad but sometimes you, you you need this type of people just so that it rouses you it it, it 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 inspires you to do better mm. you know what i'm mm-hmm, saying mm-hmm. the so, tough love sort of thing. yeah so i i suppose that the idea will be you know we need somebody who who's gonna challenge them in a way that a mentor doesn't necessarily does uh, you know i see yeah yeah that that's the only explanation i could think but other than that I don't know why yeah. he was there. <laughs> <laughs> and she also asked, what impact do you believe the experience of these clones had on their other clone brothers? Maybe like the little tiny ones. A lot because, and this goes to what I mentioned before, you know, their highest sensibility is the care and the love that they have for each other. They believe in brotherhood. They believe in in, in, their, in the connection mm-hmm. that they have. So it's very important on the small ones to see the big ones working together and not only working together, but involving them as well. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like the way we saw. Making them feel part of the whole brotherhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we have Al Nowaski, who actually had sent this for the the season three recap, but our recap was so long that there was no way I could fit it in. So he said, hi, Rebels Chat. Here's a thought for your season three recap episode. So we're now going to address it in this episode. Sabine is told by her mom that the Darksaber doesn't actually belong to her since she didn't defeat Maul. Obi-Wan did defeat Maul, but we're pretty sure he isn't leaving Tatooine and will never claim the Darksaber. Ezra, we assume, won't tell anyone that Obi-Wan is alive and on Tatooine. So when he's asked what happened to Maul, he may just lie and say that he defeated him. He'd be justified in telling that lie, I think, since he'd be keeping Obi-Wan a secret. But if everyone believes Ezra to be the one who defeated Maul, does that mean that Ezra will claim (laughs) <laughs> Does this mean that Ezra will have claim to the Darksaber? Could he be the one to unite Mandalore? We've seen him unite two warring sides in the past, in the last battle, when he united the Separatists and the Republic against the Empire. Could he do it again with Mandalore? Or does that Darksaber only really change hands when someone is defeated while wielding it? Is it stuck in limbo forever since Maul didn't lose it in defeat? At any rate, thanks for all the great Rebels reviews. Here's to at least one more season. Oh, that's a good observation. Observation, yeah. Because it didn't even cross my mind that to take uh, the words of um, Sabine's mom, dad... Mm-hmm. Literal in, in in that context where it was small and no one that has that saber right now has defeated more. Mm-hmm. So who is going to be able to claim it? Right, right. I mean, I love that that theory because yeah, you have Ezra who is obligated in a way. He knows he and we've talked about it in our episode for Twin Sons where he's kind of pieced it together where he can't really say the truth truth yeah 
And if they ask about Maul, he has no choice but to say that, you know, Maul died, but then they're going to want to know how. So maybe he says, I killed him. You know, so that means that the ownership of that sword, yeah, it would go to Ezra. And (laughs) I can already hear the fan community complaining. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because, Because, you know... Ezra of all people to bring Mandalore, but he, but Al brought but up an amazing has point. point, which he has In done it past. before. Yeah. So. And he clearly has that voice because he's he's done it in season one where he reached out to different systems to unite people to it, rile If you them think up. about it, it was Ezra's message that basically gathered everybody around that came into that last episode. Flying through that's how into Mon, that. That's how Mon Mothma knows about him. That's, that's how, how Leia, Leia knows, knows about, about him. So, you know, a lot of people don't want to give the kid uh, a break or or, or anything. The day. The day, but the truth is he has been instrumental in a lot of what we're seeing happening and a lot of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know. it, it really disappoints me because... <laughs> I like I see some of the chatter that goes on. I'm like, dang it, people! You know, I, I, are you guys seeing the same thing? We're I don't seeing? know. I don't really think they are. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, we've talked about it before. They they're seeing it in a way where they don't see themselves in that character. So mm-hmm. they they see him as an annoying character who hasn't learned his lessons instead of the character who has actually contributed a lot to the rebellion. Anyway, thank you, Al, for that amazing yes. uh, analysis and observation. And we have an email from Stella. She said, Hello, John Marie. I just finished listening to Podcast 76 with Sal and Liz Perales. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks for everyone else who listened as well. It was so much fun going over Season 3 with fellow fans. My favorite episode, in quote, keeps changing, but favorite part of Season 3 has to be the hug between Ezra and Kanan in Holocrons of Fate. The feels, man. (laughs) (laughs) I know, that hug was so beautiful. Oh, man. And I was concerned that you wouldn't have any more podcasts until Season 4 airs, but I hope you find other parts of the Star Wars fandom to cover. So here you go. Yeah. Here we are. (laughs) And I know that you covered the Ahsoka novel on a podcast episode, and you have mentioned A New Dawn several times. Might you consider reviewing A New Dawn in length sometime this spring slash summer? I also read... Timothy Zahn's newest novel, Thrawn, and it ties in so well with Star Wars Rebels, the Star Wars Rebel saga, while giving Thrawn his own backstory of how he rose up in the ranks to become a powerful, high-ranking officer. I would love to do that. I I would love to go back and talk about the books in the show. I'll probably pull my friend Melissa, who's a librarian, and have her do the episodes with me instead of making mommy <laughs> read all <laughs> those books. <laughs> instead of mommy forcing mommy into reading it, I, I forced her into reading the Kanan comics. Um, but, but we'll see. Don't, don't get me wrong. I like reading. Honestly, this is as much time yeah, as I have I know. I, during my week. Mommy is a very busy person. And it, it will be a very slow reading. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It will be a very long You would expect wait. <laughs> you, the episode, honestly, would take place sometime in November or December. That's how long it would take. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Most, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but we'll see. Uh, I'll, I already created the schedule for season three and possibly season four of Clone Wars. So I don't want to add too much until uh, we get season four of Star Wars Rebels. So 
You'll have to wait and see. <laughs> uh, and then she she ends the email with, The techno babble in science fiction books tends to confuse me, and I can gloss over paragraphs at a time. Fortunately, Thrawn is also character-driven and has thought-provoking conversations between the characters, so I enjoyed the novel immensely. I hope that you get a chance to read it, too. Stay awesome, Stella. So I actually haven't read the Thrawn book yet. I actually need to buy the Thrawn book, but I will definitely get to that soon. I'm so behind on the things that I need to read, but I'm slowly catching up. Slowly, ever so slowly, because I am actually a very slow reader like mommy. And and because I like to imagine... I, I, I like enjoying what I'm reading. And savoring I wanna, it. I don't, I, I don't like uh, rushing through no, it. No, I, have, I know people actually who, who read it in with, within like six or seven hours. I'm like, man, I wish I had that ability, but I also like to take my time with what I'm reading, which is... I remember when we were reading the Harry Potter books, we, we, we sort of like uh, tried to, to beat each other. As to, <laughs> and as much as I like being there and, and always with the first, I miss, I know I missed a lot of details. details. But you know, that, but it's fun when you do it that way because then you can go back and rediscover right. those details. Yeah, but then now I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty then, folks. So that's it for today's episode. Stay tuned for our next Rebels Chat where we'll talk about the next batch of Star Wars The Clone Wars episodes. In the meantime, make sure to rate and comment on iTunes and Stitcher. I actually haven't checked recently, so I had to go check and see if we've received any new comments. And if we have, I'll definitely bring them up in the next next episode. episode. (laughs) But if you haven't... Don't be discouraged (laughs) if you haven't heard anything because my daughter keeps forgetting. (laughs) I... I, Oh, man. I have a terrible memory. But I will will make a, a point to actually go and check and see and then we'll we'll highlight some of our favorites and whatnot. So if you haven't, go ahead and do that for us and we'll really appreciate it when you do. Visit thewookiegunner.com and follow Rebels Chat and the Wookie Gunner on Twitter. And may the force be with you. Always. <laughs> <laughs>